Paul, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give all that you are to God for his glory. And then he continues, the second verse, do not be conformed to this world. See, our our natural temptation is to just blend in, to be like everyone else. And sometimes that's good. If everyone else is doing good things and we want to be like them, we will join them in doing good things. But unfortunately, this world being broken and filled with sin, oftentimes to conform ourselves to everyone else means to give up our unique God-given identity and roles in this world. Don't conform to the way the world tells you to be. You should look like this, or you should purchase these things, or you should act like this, or you should believe these truths that may or may not be true. Don't conform to this world, but instead, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay, because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Good morning. Happy New Year. Let's be honest, how many of you stayed up way too late last night? And how many of you are grateful for coffee this morning? Well, I'm glad you're here, whether you're here with joy in your heart for the football games you watched and how they turned out, or with sadness in your heart, whether you're awake or you're still wishing you were sleeping a little longer, I'm glad you're here this morning. As a pastor, I have a wonderful job where I get to share with you good news on a regular basis. I get to share with you our hope and our joy, and often the things I get to share are really positive and warm and wonderful. But sometimes part of my job is to warn you and to share harder truths that maybe we don't want to hear. And today I have one of those for you, and I just want to preface this with you are fully loved. See, I need to warn you against the danger that is lurking around the corner for many of us. Today is January 1st, which means in the next 30 days you have a whole lot of opportunities to sign up for a gym membership you will never use. (laughs) And I want to warn you, if you're thinking about signing up for a gym membership, beware before you get locked into three years of a contract for a place you don't even know what half the equipment does, and you certainly aren't going to start changing your attitudes just yet. (laughs) Beware. It is that time of the year where we are all encouraged to look back on the past with a view towards the future. Look on who we've been and reinvent ourselves. It's a new year. You can be a whole new you. And if you're not careful, not only will you sign up for that membership you don't plan on using, but you'll set yourself with a whole lot of expectations for how this year you will be somebody you've never been before. 
And sometimes it works out. Sometimes we become somebody altogether different. But most of the time, we set out with grand expectations and burdens of who we think we should be. And in doing so, the only thing that changes is we spend a little more money on stuff we're not actually going to use, and then we feel a little more guilt and shame and condemnation for the fact that we're still who we've always been. So warning, this time of the year, it's a perfect time to not change at all. But that would be fundamentally unhealthy for all of us. You see, we in this place, we often say, come as you are. And what that means is no matter where you've been or where you are, or even where you're headed, you are loved by God and welcome exactly as you are. So if there are things you reflect upon the past that you wish were different, that's okay. This is a safe space for all of that. If there are things you regret that you can't change or fix or heal and you're left broken and wondering, now what? It's okay. You're in the right place. And if you're looking back on who you used to be and going, I am no longer that anymore for better and for worse, you're in the right place. But we would be remiss if we left you exactly as you are. You see, part of our journey with God, every one of us, is that you and I, as we come to Jesus with all of our sin and our brokenness and our ugliness and all the things that are not yet as they should be, God in his faithfulness and his goodness works in us to create a whole new person. So come as you are, and then maybe this year will be the year you begin to become who you were made to be. So much more than you ever thought you were. And I want to promise you, who you were made to be has nothing to do with the gym membership. I promise. See, sometimes we have this attitude in this culture that says our body shape determines our value. And I want you to know that it's actually really rare that being overweight is considered a bad thing. For most of history, people who are overweight were deemed to be blessed by God because they had a great abundance of all of his provisions, and they could relax enough to enjoy them in such a way that they gained weight. So if you're looking at your body this year, thinking about that tempting membership, know that you might be just fine, just the way you are. And yet if you want to transform your life and to become somebody different, it's more than just your physical body. It's about your mind and your heart and your soul, every part of you becoming somebody better not by self-determination and will and manpower, not by the right program or self-help. Did you know that Americans last year spent almost $14 billion on self-help materials? We spent about half of that on ice cream. I think it goes hand in hand. I don't know why. We as a culture are obsessed with becoming the best you you can be. And we often teach ourselves the way that we do this is by just trying harder. If you find the right program, the right material, the right resource, the right whatever, and then you work hard enough at it long enough, you will become whatever you want to become. That's simply not true, and it's not what Scripture tells us. See, you were already made a child of God. You were already created in the image of God. You were already made loved by Him. Even with your brokenness 
and your flaws and the things that aren't quite yet what they could be. And so as we set out in this new year, it is my hope to encourage you and to invite you to join me this year in becoming somebody new. Not by trying harder, not by fixing all those flaws you don't like about yourself, but by fixing your eyes on one who is altogether different. One of my favorite verses in Scripture comes in Romans chapter 12. Actually, a lot of my favorite verses come in this chapter. In Romans chapter 12, Paul has spent the first 11 chapters describing to the people of God all that God has done. Describes how God came to suffer and die for our sins because every one of us in our sin will one day die. Our bodies will deteriorate. We will fall apart. Life will be hard and painful. And he describes through all of this God's faithfulness that God has rescued and redeemed his people. And then in chapter 12, after describing all of this process of God saving his creation, he says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul, he says, because of all that Jesus has done, and all of God's faithfulness, and all of his promises, because of all of that, I appeal to you, therefore, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We live in a culture that doesn't sacrifice much. In fact, generally, when we think about animal sacrifices and some of the sacrifices that were made in the past, we're like, oof, that's really morbid and gross. Why would people do such a thing? But for Paul, he lived in an age where sacrifice was very normal. And not only normal, it was commanded. You see, to sacrifice something is to recognize that there's something or someone greater than the object you already have. And so to sacrifice, you would offer an object of great value to say this object of value is worth less than the one or the thing that I am worshiping, that I am honoring, that I am bringing glory. In our culture, not only do we not really like to sacrifice animals much, in fact, if you do sacrifice animals at all, I would like to talk to you. We should probably talk about stopping that, all right? We don't really sacrifice animals, and we often frown upon sacrificing anything. So we spend $14 billion to improve ourselves, and then we spend $6 billion to buy the ice cream to wallow in the sorrow that we haven't yet improved ourselves. The average American eats 20 pounds of ice cream a year. It's four gallons. And I tell you, I could probably eat that in a week if you let me. But we don't really like sacrificing. In fact, even the idea of skipping a meal that's really unheard of unless we have to. We rarely choose to avoid food in the name of fasting because that's hard and difficult. Paul, he writes, he says, because of all that God has done, I appeal to you, present your bodies as a living 
sacrifice. He says, look, you're not one who has to die in order to be offering yourself as valuable to God. You're not one who has to no longer have any value because you're dead, but instead, as a living sacrifice, an ongoing and perpetual gift, present your bodies to God. If you choose to sign up for that membership this year and go to the gym, or if you choose to spend $14 billion or some amount therein on self-help books, let me ask you this question. Why? Is it as a sacrifice to God? God, I want to be the best me you created me to be. And to give you glory and honor, I will suffer some. I'll give up that desire in my heart or that money in my wallet or that time in my life. I will give up those things I wish to have for you. Or is it for yourself? I want to be the best me that I can be because that's better for me. Because then I get ahead at work or people like me more or they look upon me with favor. Whatever the reason, is it for me or for him? Paul, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Give all that you are to God for his glory. And then he continues the second verse do not be conformed to this world. See, our, our natural temptation is to just blend in, to be like everyone else. And sometimes that's good. If everyone else is doing good things and we want to be like them, we will join them in doing good things. But unfortunately, this world being broken and filled with sin, oftentimes to conform ourselves to everyone else means to give up our unique God-given identity and roles in this world. Don't conform to the way the world tells you to be. You should look like this, or you should purchase these things, or you should act like this, or you should believe these truths that may or may not be true. Don't conform to this world, but instead be transformed by the renewal of your mind. See, to transform is to take that which is and make it something different. You and I, no matter how hard we try, are in many ways just like the world, filled with sin, prone to not love as God has loved us, prone to not forgive those who've wronged us, prone to hold malice and bitterness and hurt in our heart. You and I, in many ways, are prone to be just like the world, filled with anxiety and self-doubt and self-condemnation and wishes for all kinds of a new me for the wrong reason. Paul, he says, don't be like that. Instead, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. Let this year be a year in which you commit your mind. The things you think about. The things you look at. The way you fill your time. Did you know the way you fill your time reflects the things you love? And the average American watches over eight hours of TV a day? What does that do to our mind and the way we view our neighbor or the way we think about this world or the way we love God? What if this is a year you set not 
for self-help and growing to be the best you you can be, but to be the best you God made you to be. One in which your mind is fixed not on the problems and the pain and the hurt, but on the God who is faithful in the midst of that. Not on the guilt and the shame and the condemnation, but on the grace and the forgiveness and the love. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, you and I were made to know not only who God is, but what He delights in. We were made to share in the things God takes joy in, to partner with Him in the work that He does, to care for this world and to love His creation. We were made with purpose, And that purpose is far more than to sit on the couch and enjoy four gallons of ice cream. Though maybe that purpose includes four gallons of ice cream. I'm willing to concede that. We were made to be His and to love our neighbor as ourselves and even more to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. We were made to be His vessels for this dark and broken world to heal good news and see the light of a God who has come to be with us. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church there and he describes this purpose we were made for. Beginning in verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. You see, before this, Paul was writing and he talks about in our fleshly nature, our sinful, broken desire, in this nature we do all kinds of horrible things. We think all kinds of thoughts that are not good. We long for all sorts of things that will leave us empty. But in Christ, we have been given new life. And we are transformed to no longer just be flesh and the things we long for. We're more than animals and meat that's prone to do as we please by chemistry or whatever the reasoning is. We are new creation. It says we no longer view one another according to the flesh with malice or slander or bitterness or gossip We no longer view one another with condemnation or judgment or shame or guilt. No, we regard each other differently. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Sometimes we hear this, though, and I have to say, sometimes this... What's meant to be really good news can feel like a lot of condemnation. I'm in Christ and yet I still do the old things and the bad things and I'm still that person, so maybe I'm not really in Christ. That is a lie. You need to hear it today. You have been made new in Christ even though right now the old still lingers. You are already Perfect, even though not yet do we see that perfection. The renewal of our mind is to see one another as Christ sees us. 
And that doesn't diminish and dismiss our brokenness. That doesn't say we excuse the problems and say it's okay, it's no big deal. It still is a big deal when we lie and slander and gossip and are filled with anger and malice and bitterness and sexual immorality and all these other things the Bible describes as tearing us away from God. Those things still matter, but they do not define you. Not anymore, because in Christ you are a new creation. And so we press on every day. We seek the one who makes us new, recognizing we're not yet who we want to be. We set him before us and say, Jesus, reshape my mind and the way I think about you in this world and even myself. Change the way I feel about things that feel good and I know are bad. Change me from within. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation's a real fancy word. It's a long word, so let me just break it down simply. The ministry of making things right. Of making that which is wrong no longer wrong. In accounting, it's balancing the ledger and making sure everything is even where it should be. We have in Christ been reconciled. We have been made right. And our ledger of debt has been wiped clean. And now we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. Your purpose in 2023 in whatever role God has given you, whether that's a spouse or as brother or as sister or as, as friend or as coworker or as boss, whatever role God has given to you in this year, the purpose of it is the ministry of reconciliation. First and foremost, being reconciled in Christ. God, I'm not yet who I want to be, but in you, that's okay. And we trust in him and we seek him and then we get to go to those who don't yet know that they've been made right. Those who are filled with all that shame and that guilt and that regret and that condemnation. Those who are filled with all the brokenness that says this will be the year I fix myself. And we know it won't be because in our own self we cannot repair what is broken. But only once we've been reconciled can we share it with others. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You and I have been made ambassadors for Christ. Not because you fixed all that mess and now you're perfect. Not because all those things that weren't so good about you have changed and now everything is going right. But because God looks at you and sees in you his son. The one who would come as a baby to suffer and die for you and for me. 
And because he looks at you and sees his son, he looks at you and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. And so we live as ambassadors, one who is sent on behalf of another to proclaim a message from another. We get to proclaim to this world that is desperately seeking every chance they can find to grow and to improve. We get to proclaim there is a God who loves you exactly as you are, who has called you from that place into something new. Come and follow me and see this God who loves you enough to change everything about you, to make you a new creation. He says, I urge you, I implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Another verse I looked at maybe focusing on this morning is in Colossians, and it talks about how it's by the word of God that we are transformed. In God's word are we made someone new. So rather than signing up for that membership or paying for all of that self-help to change the things you want to change, I implore you this year, be reconciled to God. Seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added to you. Seek first the God who cares enough to give everything for you. And I promise you this year will be different than last. It may not be everything you hope for. Your goals you set out on today may be broken tomorrow or today still. There's time. But I promise you if you seek first him, if you First focus on his word to be reconciled to a God who loves you exactly as you are and who invites you into so much more. If this is what drives you this year, you will be a whole new you by the end of the year. Even if you look and sound and act a lot like you do today. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you have come into this world that we could be reconciled to God. You have wiped our ledger clean and made our balance even. You have made us new creation. The old has gone. Help us today to surrender that old me. To give up the things I've been clinging to. Self-image and my self-worth. The things that are found in me and not in you. May this be a year, Lord, where we are ambassadors sent on your behalf to those who need to be reconciled. Would you renew our mind? That we may fix our mind on things that are true and are good. That we may fix our mind on you and you alone. That your word may sink deeply into our hearts that we become new creations. God, help us each day to find our strength in your grace, to find our hope in your forgiveness, to find our peace in all that you have done and said for us. And may we each day seek you first and find everything else we need is given to us. We pray that this would be a year in which we are a new creation found in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we continue our worship this morning, we're going to continue by collecting an offering.
It is my hope and my prayer that in 2023, every one of us can learn to give a little more of ourselves in a new way. So one of the things I want to invite you into this year, if you're looking at how you can give this year and help make a difference at the point, I want to invite you this year to consider giving your time to serving, specifically with our kids' ministry. I know some of you love children or have grandchildren and are glad that you no longer have kids in your house all the time, and some of you don't know if you love kids, but you're like, maybe I'd be willing to try. If you would like to help us with our kids' ministry, which is coming back in two weeks, next Sunday after church, we're going to have a meeting for Kids Point volunteers, and if you've ever thought hey, maybe I could do this once a month where I spend an hour and a half or two with children and then I get to send them home. If you've ever thought that, we would love to have you join us for the meeting next Sunday after church where we can uh, share with you a little more of some of the cool and exciting new things we're doing differently that will make your serving as a volunteer better and also what the kids are gonna gain so much deeper. So if you would like to give this year of your time, consider giving by volunteering in Kids Point. Today, as we collect the offering, though, if you'd like to give with uh, finances, you can give cash or check in the popcorn bucket as you exit um, on your way out. Uh, if you prefer to give electronically, you can do so at thepointknox.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give and whatever you give, know this. We don't give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Well, every week we invite your questions, and I do my best to respond. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is Blake. Blake Hello. really prefers to be in the background where he's not talking on a microphone. That's why he plays piano. Um, so I like to throw him out here as much as I can and watch him squirm. So, Blake, what questions came in today? Just one today. Can you hear me? Can You can? You can. Oh, okay, weird. Okay, I'm still not used to this. All right. Forgive me. <laughs> Sorry, one question. How can Jesus be considered as living a perfect life when he never got to experience bacon? It's a great mystery of the universe. I'm not sure. I know what I'm asking when I get there. Yeah, I do know, however, that, you know, he's now made all foods clean. We could eat anything. So I think Jesus today would eat bacon with us. Definitely. Yeah, maybe not in the quantities I might eat it, but in a more healthy, appropriate proportion. Casserole. A bacon casserole. Yeah. Right. Anything else? Uh, no new ones. All right. I did get one that was texted to me directly, because you can text that number in and they're anonymous, or you can text them to me, but if you text them to me, they're not anonymous. I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but just so you know, I did get one extra that came in, and this was, didn't they sacrifice children back at that time? And the answer is yes. Uh, there were people who worshipped other gods who saw the most valuable thing they had to give to their god was their children, and so they would even sacrifice children at times. And I've heard sometimes people today try to equate um, abortion and other such things as equal to child sacrifice, and it's, it's not, because that was done as an act of giving the most and the best, and our culture views children often as the least and not actually um, of great value. And so they did do that. Thankfully, we don't do that, and we don't endorse uh, sacrificing anyone or anything uh, at least no blood sacrifices. If you want to give up some bacon for a few days or some ice cream, that might be healthy. Anything else? Does not look like it. All right. 
Well, you guys have been simple enough. You can always text in your questions even during the week. If they come to you midweek, feel free to text them in. That number is on our website, and I'll do my best to respond to them later. Or if I see them soon enough, sometime by Wednesday, I'll try to respond on social media. Uh, With that then, I think it's just the blessing. All right. As you go today, go with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.